Are you an ambitious, driven entrepreneur starting to feel overwhelmed, maybe a little trapped by your business? Well, I have a solution for you. It is the five-day bottleneck to breakthrough challenge, where in an hour a day, we will give you the roadmap, the blueprint, the treasure map to where you can find yourself with more free time, more freedom of money, and a more valuable business. Hope to see you soon www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com Today we're going to talk about lessons from Angela. Last week I had the uh, privilege of interviewing Dr. Angela Mulrooney. And she is started her career as a dentist and now she's a full-on entrepreneur, business coach, hands-on consultant slash mindset all around helping professionals pivot into entrepreneurship. She had very many lessons in our conversation and I've distilled it down kind of to five. One is about resilience. When we think about resilience, we think, hey, we just fall down, we bounce back up and it's resilience. What was interesting with Angela is that she has had a number of things in her life that have kind of pushed her down and there's various levels of how quick she got back up. And so, and of how she got back up and also kind of given herself the grace to figure things out. So resilience, I think, is a skill. It is an attitude and it's something that you can continue to build on but not expect that it is an instantaneous bounce back every time you face a challenge type of uh, skill. The next thing we talked about is really about the scientific way of kind of looking at testing things. So as a business owner, you have concepts, you have ideas, you have products, you have services. Don't fall in love with them until you test them. And by testing them, making sure that there's a market and that it, they will pay what you need them to pay to make it a profitable product. And so by not falling in love with your product, you are actually doing the work to figure out if this is something that's going to fit with the market. And that is so important. There's so many people who spend so much time perfecting a product, making sure everything is sorted out from A to Z without testing it and then finding out that, you know, somewhere around step B, it needs to be shifted or sh changed just a little. All, when you are testing results on social media, because social media is actually a great place to test your products and see what people are resulting, resonating with. And the key here, I believe, is having good calls to action so that you can actually measure the things that matter. When we think about engagements and shares and comments, those kinds of um, results are really almost vanity. And if you want something to put dollars in your pocket, having something that people engage with but do nothing else with isn't going to help you build a profitable business. And how to stay focused. So when you look at someone like Angela, she had a vast and very diverse skill set. 
She had built a dental company. She had built a dance company. She had built a social media company. And she had built a business training company for dentists. So in each of those uh, verticals, so many different skill sets that had been developed and honed and made to be very, very working and getting the results that people wanted and needed from her. So what happened with Angela is she had done all these different things and kind of fell in, fallen prey a little bit to having multiple businesses and, you know, kind of that allure of having all these things on the go. And so she was finding that she had gone to every time she cut back, she'd end up again in the same situation where she was working 100 hours a week and she was getting burnt out really around the three month mark. Uh, and every year she shifted. So how did she get out of that trap of working way too much? She went through an exercise. I'm going to call it the three big things. And what she did was took out her sticky pads, you know, the notes and pretty little colors. And she actually did an exercise. So she put down on the wall, on those cards, every little skill set that she had. She put them all out there so that it was like a big mural of sticky pads. And then what she did, slept on it, got up and started classifying. And she was able to figure out, what do I really like to do? So she kind of took the, oh, I think I can make money off that, out of the picture at the first outset. It was just, what do I like to do? And when she did those things, she came up with basically three areas. And these were her zones of genius. This is where she had big impact. She had tons of energy in a nice stable way that was able to, you know, make an impact in that she would be able to enjoy her day more. And so then she distilled all of that down into one offer so that she wasn't doing tons of different offers in different places and trying to track all this stuff down. And so when she realized through her testing that this was going to work, of course, what happens is we get our shiny blingy things, our squirrels. They come and they show up. And we are like, oh, how do you avoid those? Well, she actually would do is anytime something came up in the peripheral with an idea, she went back to the basics. Here are my three zones of genius that I want to play in. Does it fit or not? And if it doesn't, it had to go. That takes discipline, but it's so, so rewarding when you can figure that piece out. Because I think of it a little bit as an opportunity filter. Either something is getting you into your zone of genius and closer to what Angela and I called your ideal day, where you're working less, perhaps, and doing the things that really give you energy. So at least those are two filters that she put on them as she evaluated opportunities. And that takes a lot of stress off you when it comes to, oh, there's an idea. Well, does it help me with my ideal day? And does it help me stay in my zone of genius in those three areas that you've already identified? And it gives, makes it so easy. It's yes or no. And so that was really helpful. And also learning to say no. And so I like the Oprah quote, no is a complete sentence. And I think sometimes we fall into that trap of feeling we have to rationalize why we're saying no. And it's very, very easy to do. But if you can keep that focus on those three areas of genius, 
and the offer that you want to do, it will simplify your life, which of course makes it so much easier to have a more ideal day. And finally, we talked about the importance of scheduling. Angela has her ideal day mapped out from the time she wakes up until she goes to bed. And the reason she did this is so that she was always reminded of, hey, it's time to do this. It's time to do that. And she had really good boundaries around that, uh, making sure she was living her ideal day as much as she possibly could. We all know there's going to be days and things that happen that will take us off track sometime. But having that metric, that almost that uh, blueprint of what an ideal day looks like or an ideal week looks like, that allows you to then reset, get back in touch with that ideal day and do that piece. And so the other thing we talked about is gremlins, the other people that are going to try, the voices in your head that will try and drag you offside. Angela recommended we name our gremlins and have really good talking tos when they're trying to drag us offside. And so I think that there were so many good lessons from that podcast really around how to structure ourselves. And, and she's, she's an example of living it because she went from 100 hours a week to 12 hours a week and she's 17 times her hourly rate. So it is possible and I invite you to uh, contemplate how can you build your ideal day. And that is the real bottom line.